The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> it feels like a long time since we've been here in uh, in studio. Because it probably has been um, a long time. Welcome back to 4020 Live. Actually live uh, on a, a day where we are uh, not celebrating uh, the... What, what did they say? What was the, the Castleford statement? The removal of Lee Radford by mutual consent, probably. That's, <laughs> that's how they describe things these days. Castleford. Professionalism. Um, he's been relieved of his first team duties by mutual agreement. What was the new uh, duties? Then? Did, he, did he do the tease or something? I don't know. But, but, he's, but he's gone. Lee Radford is gone. It's a very strange turn of phrase. Relieved of. Um, and also, he was saying, moving in different directions, which again, you think, well, what direction would the club go in where the coach is going in a different direction? So, um, this uh, clearly is deeper than the three results at the start of the season, although they may have uh, exacerbated action by the board. But I think it's come out in the Yorkshire Post as well this morning when they've done a follow-up that... Lee Radford had already informed the board that he wouldn't be renewing his contract at the end of this year and that there are 14 players out of contract at the end of the season, um, which is a situation they knew about. But it's very hard to divorce what's happened with the um, Joe Westerman situation and players being out drinking uh, a week before the season started. So, yes, it doesn't look great for the Tigers. No, it doesn't. Cassing crisis. Cassing crisis. I mean, we would have had the shirt up, but we haven't got one. We um, didn't really want to start with that, though, did we? Did we not? Well, no, we haven't properly paid tribute to St Helens being world champions, to the season kicking off to... We've beaten the great, world champions. Well, by, by virtue of the fact that they are now the world champions. Mickey um, Hyam was right on, on Friday night. He sent out the tweet saying... Um, why are we talking about why are we talking about referees? This is paraphrasing. This is not exactly what he said. Why are we why are we talking about referees? Why are we talking about referees? Why are we talking about ref- why are we not talking about the players? Thursday night, Salford Warrington won the best interception tries I've ever seen. The skill from Kenty to keep hold of the ball yes. and then pass it to his uh, teammate was superb. But at the end, we're all talking about uh, eight point tries, two in a game, first time probably ever. Well, I don't remember two in a game, and I've been watching for 150 years, but uh, in fact, one a season would be a lot. Yeah. 
the the but I think you know if you take the overview out of individual club performances, the first three weeks of the season have been quite encouraging. That's we good. we always know that we can rely on the players, but I think the crowds have been good. The pre-match entertainment has gone up a level. Um, I think that there has a, been an awareness that we need to focus more on the guys who are playing the game rather than those who are running the game. Um, I wish someone would tell Super League that. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, going back to St Helens in in Australia, the focus was on people like James Roby and Jack Wellsby and Johnny Lomax. So, yeah, I, I think you can only but be encouraged by what we're serving up on the field. Um, I think there is still a, a question to be asked about: is enough happening off the field to match that? But um, no, what 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 a what a week! What I don't think you can go past St Helens and what they achieved in Australia. And I don't think we will see that fully recognised until you know legacy is talked about. But we said it very briefly just after they'd won, that I think this now does confirm them as the greatest team of the Super League. The feat of what they have done to go over there and beat a team as good as Penrith, with both having the same amount of preparation time in a in a, in a really difficult climate. Um, you know, that, the Saints aren't used to training at this time of the year <laughs> in 40-degree heat. Um, to play the way that they did and to be so cool and collected in... Golden Point extra time. I think you then roll that into well, there's clearly is has always been and will always be a hangover from winning the World Club Challenge. Psychologically, you've got to be on such a high to win a game like that that when you then travel back halfway around the world and then come down and then try and get up a level again to match Super League teams that obviously haven't made that journey, have had more time to prepare for you. You are carrying some some knocks, but it's more the psychological the fact that they won at Castleford and then they came so close to beating Leeds and and what let them down was their discipline which is a manifestation of fatigue Um, I think we need to pay tribute to them at the start of this because I don't think you can say it enough what a sensational team I quitted it to Easter last week when your laptop died in so much as that the the game against Leeds was the third game after Easter yeah it was. So they got through the cast game on Easter Monday last week. And I think and then talking to... Not to take anything away from Leeds as no, performance. No, no but that is a factor. Good. And talking to... And I think Rowan Smith said in the press conference afterwards, they knew it was a good time to be getting St Helens. I think this week's game against Lee, again, will be, will be tough for St Helens. I know that Paul Wellens has given the play Immediately gave the players three days off. So they've had a weekend and they get uh, today, Monday, off to refresh, just get away, get away from each other and the sound of each other's voices and they need to do it all again uh, and they'll need that. But I do think that um, even speaking to other players that have played in World Club Challenges, whether that have been over in Australia or here, you have to be at such a mental peak so early in the season that it is physically and particularly mentally impossible to then play at a consistent level in the three or four weeks after it. And the fact that they did win a game um, at Cass, and, and, you know, Cass had a few chances and, and could have pushed them a little bit further, but the fact that they found the resolve to do that, um, and they so nearly did You know, they've lost in the with 30 seconds to go against Leeds. Um, and, it, you know, it is an enormous credit to them. And I don't want us to forget that what they achieved by beating Penrith and winning the World Club Challenge was immense, not only for themselves, 
but for the sport. And I do think that the first three weeks of the competition is partly built around the fact that it got that massive boost mm. from Saints winning the World Club. As, I mean, this is we're coming up to the anniversary of the program. Twenty fourteen, we started at Radio Yorkshire, and somehow still going. I mean, we've launched the careers of all these people. We're still here. We've not lost our careers. <laughs> but um, I go back to twenty seventeen, which was you know this time of year. Leeds go to Cass, get hammered. The Super League is not won or lost at this point of the year. So the Saints losing to Leeds on, on Friday. Makes no difference. Exactly. And the one thing we should say is there, there was some spectator behaviour which was picked up by the Sky cameras and uh, Brian Carney talked about Rowan Smith's zen for not getting involved. A couple of Saints fans really having a go and you could hear it while Aidan Caesar was being interviewed. What's the point? You know, You've lost the game. You may feel there's a sense of injustice on your side of the way you've it. You've just won the World Club Challenge. You've won four grand finals in a row. Your favourites to win a fifth. You've got the best young players in the league. It's March. Teams lose. You do have to get over it. At least they didn't lose seven nil like Man United yesterday. At least they weren't. <laughs> or eight nil like Wakefield. Yeah, I mean, well, oh, dear me. <laughs> the Wakefield pitch remains unbeaten, though. That's that's the good news. I think the. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to start with a Leeds match this week. Well, we may as well, because we're talking about St Helens and how they... Uh, the, the James Roby piece in The Guardian, wonderful, wonderful. And, and I hope loads well, of people... Well, Donald McRae is an exceptional interviewer and uh, he, he does James Roby justice with that. I hope, hope loads of people who didn't know James Roby before read that. and Not that they'll necessarily become fans of rugby league, but just understand what he's been through. Mm. And, he, and, he, and he says in the piece, he, he doesn't doesn't regret anything or begrudge the game that he may have health issues later on because he's fully aware of that's what he had to do to yeah. be what he is. But great piece if you've not read it, then, you know it's, yeah. it's up for free. Just it's a it. brilliant feature by a superb writer uh, on a wonderful subject. Uh, and now Leeds, um, and now Leeds. Who are where are you in the league? Oh, well, you probably was now. It's not good, is it? Um, what happened? Because I, I was at work, so I, I saw the score ticking over. Sounded a very entertaining, entertaining game. Aidan Caesar, who was uh, vilified, pilloried for making was it four meters the week before or something? Made seventy four this week. There you go, lies, damn lies, and statistics. But there he is, pops over the drop. Well, he didn't pop over the drop. Well, it was Blake Austin, but you know what I mean. I, th- I think um, Leeds made a decision very, I mean, clearly tactically that they were going to try and run St Helens around. It's it's something that Leeds do, you know, quite well. Particularly now they've got Nanny McDonald in the centres. That's given them a slightly different direction. It'll um, it'll increase again as and when they get Harry Newman back on the field. But Leeds decided to to play expansive rugby, um, and and it worked. You know, the Saints had two players sinbinned and one sent off, all for late attacks on a player. Which I just think it's a timing issue because of fatigue. Um, so the fact again that they were in the game with a minute to go having spent 60 minutes effectively with a player down and Hurrell's sending off led to the penalty that gave Leeds the position for the drop well but it, there was only a minute to go um, but now if you, if you, again if you look at every team over three games rather than one game rather than get hysterical over <laughs> one game Leeds have gradually got progressively better this season so the second half against Warrington they were better than they had been in the first half. The game against Hull, they were better than they had played against Warrington. Made a lot of opportunities, but couldn't capitalise on enough of them to win. Game against St Helens, they've been better than they were against Hull. Rowan Smith could not understand 
the reaction to those first two results. He, he comes from clearly coaching in something like the Queensland Cup League where you don't get that, that degree of scrutiny. But he couldn't believe that, uh, you know, just because you don't start the season the way he hopes to end the season, a very Leeds trait, exactly what he did last year, um, why there was all this hysteria surrounding uh, their initial two defeats. Um, you know, part, I, th- I think the second team we need to pay credit to um, in what we've seen so far this season is Catalan because I think they've done it really tough in terms of getting players back after the World Cup and to be joint top of the league with Warrington with three victories is exceptional. But again, you look at each team's performances. The week before against Lee, people said, oh, Catalan might struggle a bit this year because they've only just beaten Leeds. like, no, you, you cannot look at one game in isolation this early in the season. And after we've had the snowfall we've been promised this week and the clocks have gone forward and we start moving into April, the grounds will be different, teams will play differently, some teams will benefit from that, others will be found out for perhaps not being um, able to plough through the, the ground as much as they do at the moment. So everything will change. You know, Don't get carried away on the back of one result. Well, that's not going to sell any podcasts or... People clicking online, is it? Saying, There's no clickbait there. No, saying, no, don't worry, everything will be all right in the end. Bobby McFerrin, can we get him in the grand final? Can we get him through the, the grand final entertainment? I mean, he's only got one song, but, you know, still, it's a good one. Uh, one, one for the, for the, for the younger listener uh, there. Yeah, Catalan's 38 points to six against all. I mean, that's a... Not that you don't expect Catalan to win at home, but that's a big scoreline against a Hull who we expect to be improving this year. I think, I think the thing about Catalan that's encouraging is that... Because they've had to, they've played a, a lot more young French players at the start of this season, and actually they've stood up to the test, which which is great. We, we're going to get um, on Thursday the grading criteria revealed. We might hear a little bit more about what IMG were talking about with regard to French clubs when they gave us their briefing three quarters of the way through last year and said there might be a quota applied. Steve McNamara is, a, is aware that that might be an issue. He's going to fight it, but he, he's clearly showing that there are some young French players. Hull, again, you know, you can't read too much into the way they've started the season because their first two games, well, their, their, their second and third game have been on five-day turnarounds. One with a turnaround to go to France and come back because Catalan had to play on a Friday night because they're playing on Thursday this week. So, again... You would think that first half against Castleford at home in week one, Hull looked great. Uh, the character that they showed to beat Leeds when they'd gone behind with nine minutes to go, that's a positive. Travelling over to France with a very short turnaround and getting whooped and sent home with your tail between your legs, it's not going to determine their season. Afternoon, Carsten. He's watching. He's always watching. Um, and Tom Johnston scored again. Like he's, yeah. He's good now. He, is that five, five tries he's got in uh, three games? Oh. Um, I'm just pleased for him because I think we said when he, when when he went there that what we hope is that he'll he'll get the opportunity to show what he can do and that he won't be hampered by injury. And if if he can, then he's putting himself in position where when England pick their team to play France in April and they have to start bringing some new talent in and they have to start experimenting and looking a little bit towards 2025, Tom Johnson's exactly the type of player who should be getting his first England cap. Sean Wayne on the phone to Mickey McAlorum and asking who, who he thinks is good in the Catalan side. I do, I do like the idea that, and I, I, I don't know how you go through a process of picking who your international coach is, I'm just some, some bloke on the internet, but I like the fact, we asked the players and they said, 
Yeah, he's, he's all right, that Sean Wayne. Yeah. Did they ask the players who Sean Wayne didn't pick? <laughs> <laughs> Ricky McLaughlin, do you think we should uh, have Sean Wayne as, new, as England coach? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. He might not have said that. He might not like him. I don't know, but... But there's going to have to be change because, again, with the greatest respect to, to Mickey McAlorum and his long and distinguished career, I would be very, very surprised if he is in a position to be playing for England in 2025. If he is, something's gone wrong. And yeah. that's, not, that's not on him, that's on everyone else. Get better, everyone. I think the good thing about the appointment is it is to the next World Cup. You know, There would have been no merit in saying, oh, we'll just extend your contract for a year. I think you know, Sean Wayne has now been, been given the licence to say build on the heartbreak of losing in a semi-final. Um, but you do need, you, when you look at your squad, you, you are going to need to probably change your captain. There's, there's you, know, you know, people like Chris Hill are not going to be playing in the next World Cup at the age of 41. So you're going to have to change the way that you play um, and, the, and the players that you pick in the knowledge that you had suffered heartbreak against Samoa. So you've got now licence to do that over the next three years. The, the fixtures will come through. Um, there, there is still a delay while the collective bargaining yeah. agreement is formally signed off, which could be this week, um, in the NRL. Everybody knows that as soon as it is, there are already fixtures pencilled in. We know what it's going to be. But you that, cannot announce yeah. it formally because the players still have to be released by their clubs and the clubs are not going to release their players until it's part of the collective bargaining agreement. But they will. It, it's possible that Tonga will play Samoa as a warm-up game in the Southern Hemisphere and then fly over here and play a three-match test series, which has never happened before, against England. It ticks the boxes for England because they're playing an opponent they would likely face in a semi-final of a World Cup. Uh, there are enough Tongan players over here to ensure that it's not solely down to the NRL clubs to release everybody who's coming. Christian Wolfe um, will, will be able to come because at the moment, this year he's only the assistant at the Dolphins, and what a fantastic win they had this weekend. Who is this Wayne Bennett chap? Um, so he'll be able to come over with the, the NRL contingent. It, it all fits. I think we'll be able to play at grounds where we can get um, a significant attendance that you know it might not be the biggest grounds in the world, but you could take a test against Tonga to Newcastle, and if you if you can market it correctly, almost get a sellout for that, and that, that's building on the World Cup. Who doesn't want to see Tonga? Well, I do, can't wait. And and the fact that we didn't play them in this World Cup, but people are still talking about the semi-final in 2017. Um, yeah, that's what we want. This is the this is the opportunity, and, and people are realising this now in the Southern Hemisphere, that the, the hearts and minds of rugby in the Pacific Islands is... It, it's it's swinging one way. Yes, thanks to the NRL and all the money there, which is good. Yes, it's and good. and having as we did talk to Samoans and and Tongans, that Papua New Guineans, they are desperate to play more games for their nation. And you know when you see them um, do their war cries or or you know, cultural dances, however it's appropriate to to um, you know, refer to them these stuff. days. Um, you, you can see how much it means to them and why they would want to do it and why should we prevent them from doing it and they'll, they'll given the opportunity they will come and we've got the European Championship have England tweeted about that yet? no, no. <laughs> with, with our Knights like squad <laughs> maybe Mickey Mark can play in that yeah. well it's only to everyone yeah. we who, who needs, who needs uh, a band sorting out soon um, um, did lead to any short kickoffs on Friday? Uh, yes 
Right, and, and they still didn't have a captain, permanent captain. No. So that's all good again now. That's Yeah, that's fine. Let's do a check, because you, you, you can't work out. Because in the week one, it was rubbish, but now it's it's obviously good again. Um, and obviously, who are good again are Warrington. It yes. is their year. Um, congratulations well, to Warrington. Well, it is after three games, as it was three last year. <laughs> uh, they, were, they, were, they were good, because they came from 20 yeah. points to six down at half-time when you all thought, oh, not there yet, but now it... I think again you can look at and now over three games you can take a view and say every one of their victories have been a little bit different which is what Daryl Powell and his staff would want so in the first one they were clearly primed to start the season with a bang they're on telly they're at home they need to reconvince their own fans more than anyone else that <laughs> they are the real deal uh, and the first half against Leeds they're impeccable you know, 100% completions, no mistakes, 30-0. Couldn't have been a better start. That's, you know, you then go to Huddersfield, who are going to be up there, everybody is saying, towards the end of the season, and you defend magnificently. It's not a, a great game in terms of free-flowing rugby, but Huddersfield scored two late tries. It is their first game of the season. They're not quite as match-prepared as Warrington. But as Daryl Powell pointed out, there were four or five sets on their own line that they defended. They weren't doing that last year. Last year, they were paper-thin on their own line. Uh, and they came away with the victory. And then they're at home to Salford. The first game that they're probably expected to win, with the greatest respect to Salford, but they've had a big win against Leeds at home. The supporters are turning up going, right, OK, we'll have another one. And they're 20 points to six <laughs> down at half-time. Um, and looking in danger of the good work of the first two weeks being thrown out the window, but then they find a way to score 30 unanswered points. It can only be good, and, and yes, they do look different. Um, the feel around the place is different. What they're saying is different. The team that Daryl's assembled uh, are playing a Daryl way. They've got people like Sam Cassiano to come off the bench who can change matches, which they didn't really have last year. There's a, there's a seeming buy-in as well. Uh, the, the one player for me who hasn't had enough praise um, is Josh Drinkwater. Because I think if you've got all of these component parts, somebody's got to knit them together. So he's freeing up George Williams to play like he played for England. And, and George has been, what, man of the match in two out of the three games for Warrington. But Drinkwater's the organiser. Williams can see and do the things like his try off the scrum. Um, and they've got a big set of forwards, but those forwards need marshalling around, and they also need to play in the right part of the field, and Drinkwater's kicking game. If you're coming off your own line and you're being smashed by two props rotated by another two props with another two that haven't even played yet, Warrington are going to be difficult to beat if they can maintain it throughout summer, which I think they will. Warrington Catalan's grand final? Could, well, no, this week, next week could be something else. Well, it would be good if there was a new name on the trophy, but yeah. uh, that's purely, again, paying due credit and respect to St Helens. Um, but you know, the sport would it would do no harm to have a different name on the trophy this year of all years when IMG are trying to reimagine us. Are they going to tell us what they reimagine the Champions Cup as this week, or is that later on? I um, not that it really matters what it's going to be next year now. Well, you you were at the uh, the season launch and the IMG briefing. That's the question and everything. So um, I'm justifying myself. But I don't think I was supposed to be there, but I was kind of tagging along. And I think, as written in the current issue of 4020, there was a feeling of being underwhelmed when we'd had that briefing because we were told by IMG, it's the end of promotion relegation, it's the end of the magic weekend, it's the end of loot fixtures, it's licensing, it's new event. And here we were being told, well, 
we still haven't quite proposed the grading and then it's got to be approved and there'll be some consultation then we've got some ideas about what the cut would be and, then, and you're going, is it happening or isn't it happening? Um, and I think that's the problem that um, a lot has been promised mm. but little has been delivered and we still seem to be in that hole where governance is going to determine what is delivered rather than benevolent dictatorship as it should be, uh, as it needs to be at the moment to move it up a level. And I think it's the same with wheelchair. Um, the, the women's game looks looks settled and we know what's happening there uh, but again th- that springboard we got from the World Cup if you were looking at it from the outside looks as though it hasn't yet been capitalised on and we're already into this season and, and the, at the end of this season we're negotiating with broadcast companies we're going to jump around things because my, that's the way my brain's working today. But I've got the fixture list. I've got the results in front of me, so it's not as if we can't go back and say, "Oh, Wakefield lost again." Um, well, Wakefield didn't score again. That would no, be the worry. Isn't it? I think where where we need IMG's help is content creation. Um, Super League got a podcast, brilliant, right? It's, and it's on YouTube and whatever, and they have those occasional things where they'll do a story with a player. But we need more of that stuff. We need more of you know, I work for a bookmaker and, and it's Cheltenham next week and they've done these great videos and I'm not saying this because I work for the company where they've got Anthony McCoy and Barry Geraghty two top jockeys talking through great races they've done in the past and won or lost and whatever we need that kind of here's the player not and, and not in a joking way they, mm-hmm. they're explaining what's happened and why it happened and, and it's kind of what John Wells does with the touchscreen and drags Cameron Smith out of the change rooms to stand there on, on a Friday night. But we need more of that in-depth stuff where people we can explain to people his... Not intercept trying. I want to hear from Kenzie how, how, he, how did he keep hold of the ball and then pass it onwards and then Salford score a great try. I want to see more of that kind of stuff where mm. we explain to people what's happening on the pitch. But uh, also, it's, it's simple things like not having five games scheduled for a Friday. And, and because, again, games. all you are doing is competing against yourself. If you're not a rugby league fan... Then you, you you know you will ignore four of the games that were on on Friday <laughs> night because you'll be watching Leeds yeah. of St Helens, you'll be enjoying it because it's close and exciting and controversial, and then you'll tune out. Um, and it's it's not enough just having the highlights of the other. So we then have Saturday and Sunday without any rugby league at Super League level, and you just think that's where you miss your own opportunities. There's no Ali game this week, was there? So again, we we one week we I have something. I know Cornwall didn't play, so that obviously. Well, is that happening this time? Are, are all of their games being I've featured? They've been on twice, haven't they? Mm, but that's um, Challenge, Challenge Cup was one yeah, of them, wasn't it? And yeah. the other one was a Midlands game. So, I'd... It, 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 again, that's hit and miss. If you're going to do it, do it every week or don't. Because we can run at Channel Four, and, and well, it's not money at Channel Four. It's the their deal they have is that they don't have a game on every week. That's fine. That's the deal. But if we have the ability to have a game on every week. And we should have a game on every week because you're going to pick any number of how many games that we have in the championship uh, last week. Full card of fixtures, four games in League One. Again, it doesn't matter which game you're picking. If it turns into a blowout, it turns into a blowout. But have a game on. Put some more games on the telly for people to watch. Well, I just think it's, it's Catalan at top of the league and nobody's really seen a minute <laughs> of live action of any of their games because... Um, yeah, but we know that they can be streamed because the highlights yeah. are there uh, straight after the main game on a Friday night. So, you know, we, we, the balance isn't quite right. And, you, and, and you're right that in terms of how the sport is going to look and be broadcasting the stories, we're going to be able to tell of it. I mean, something else that I noticed in the first two weeks, I, I, 
don't know if it's been cured in the third, um, the stats are not up quickly enough. You know, we've mentioned it before that the stories often come from the stats. If somebody's made 74 tackles, we don't need to know about it three days later. We need to know about it there and then. You know, if, if somebody has scored um, five tries in six games, you need to be able to have a compilation of their tries or whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, not enough people are talking about Liam Marshall, who started the season, I think, with eight in the first three games. Um, we know about it because we follow that sort of stuff, but... That's where social media and, and the game itself has to be a little bit more savvy about what it's putting out there and to who and which audience it's trying to hook. And I'm not sure we are doing that. There's, there's a piece in the, in the next magazine that we ju- just subbed about how do you get young people involved. And it's really difficult when you can't actually physically take them to a game because it's either on a Thursday night or a Friday night at 8 o'clock. That immediately rules out all the kids because they're going to go to school. You know, what... If every club does it within a certain area, all playing at the same time or kicking off um, on a school night, where do you get your, your future young supporters from? I've, I've written about this, but you haven't seen this yet because I've not sent it in. But what I noticed from watching rugby league for the first couple of weeks of the season was not actually anything to do with rugby league. It was what other sports are doing. And on Sky, because they are our main source of income and everything, Yeah. They on the they had a very I'd say it's youth oriented. I'm 42, so anything you know below 30 is the youth. To me, it's youth. The youth. The youth. I mean, I'm on TikTok, but I'm not on TikTok. But it's that kind of TikTok, Snapchat kind of audience. But Sky are providing uh, for the women's Super League football. They've got a, a program they call a Snapchat program, which has two guests and they get the players on and they talk through goals and it's. It, it, they talk in a language I don't understand because I am old, but it, it, you can tell it's it's well produced and it works for the audience that it's intended for. And the the build up to the netball, they have a half an hour program on before a live match, which is definitely not what we do for Super League. With here's John Wilkins wandering around and here's Jenner and whatever with the news. It that's aimed at us, but it's not aimed at the new audience that we need to find. Mm-hmm. And we may as well try and find that audience. And, it, and it's interesting that Sky are doing it with netball and women's football and not with Super League. And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not criticising Sky for that, but it would be interesting to see if they could try something like that or someone would try something like that where we can try and find new audiences in new ways. Because at the moment, it's just... A, you try to write about a TV column about rugby when it's just the same. Channel 4's coverage was revolutionary, the fact that it was just basic. And Relaxed, Sky of now basic and informal, and the big difference between the two channels is still, and all the chance is still the fact that on Sky, on Channel Four they have one commentator and one summariser, and it works, and always has. Um, Carson says, "Will I make a shirt with PRK on the front to honour the great leader?" I mean, uh, the the shirts. I, I need to get in touch with the the manufacturer because the the shirts have been designed the, the pylon shirts are, are, are ready well licensing is out on Thursday yeah, you need to be in a position to say merchandise available need to edit that video again I mean, so could, we don't want to be like New York and just pretend we exist and don't um, whatever happened to the Canadian cooperative I don't know we must ring our friend Sandy yeah, and ask her how it's going Danica involved in that as well she yeah on, and Stevie yeah. Ward yeah where, where are they where what's are, happened I don't know don't she's, always, she's off all over the place Awards and everything. Do you remember us? Yeah. We moved on now. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to infiltrate the wheelchair game now. Do you see the fix just came out last week? No, because no one saw it. 
Um, Hulking Sarovas versus Lee Leopards. Lee have won a match. Josh Charlie at the end. I thought, ah. Oh. I, was, I was walking back after work and I saw that I was checking the scores. I'll wait for the boss. Oh, fair enough. Oh, Lee have won. And, oh. and then I realised, no point getting upset because you can't change any of these things. They just happen. I think that's well, a big result be. for Lee. It's um, a big result. Because as the season progresses towards Easter, those teams who've got points on the board early will have less Pressure, I mean, it's a very obvious thing to say, but particularly <laughs> down at the bottom. Now, Castleford have been a little bit dragged into that now, yeah. having not won a game for, for the first three. So each time they play, the pressure is ramped up. Wakefield are now already two points behind Lee. And, you know, it could come down to two points at the end of the season as to who gets relegated and who doesn't. That is a big result for Lee. On the back of Hull KR, had they won, would have had their best ever start to a Super League season. I think uh, the signs were good. Have it, they beat Wigan again convincingly, yeah, which yeah. was a surprise on the opening day. Backed that up with another victory, and then going back home against a team that had flown. You know, we talk about um, short turnaround times. You know, Lee had, Lee had been in Perpignan the week before and had a terrible journey back. Apparently, delayed, had to stay there an extra night, uh, but had enough professionalism about them to get the job done. Uh, at a ground where it isn't going to be easy to win this year, that that is a really big result for Lee and. Uh, again, winning it, it with the virtue of the last play of the game tells you something about a character of a squad. Um, so, yeah, um, Mr. Mr. Beaumont and Leto travelling round over the weekend to <laughs> enthuse the travelling public because St. Helens are in town uh, this week. They've got to on. Then, you know, I, I think they are going about things the right way. And I think we said in uh, when we discussed about the prospects of each team this year why perhaps Lee might finish above Wakefield that yes it would come down to injuries and squad depth but also Adrian Lamb coached the team to within a drop goal attempt of winning a grand final he knows what it takes throughout a Super League season to have a team ready when they need to get a result Mark Applegarth is a novice who hasn't encountered that and it may well be that Lamb's experience is the difference between the two teams they play each other three times, don't they? Because they've got the, mm. the magic game. So again, getting your two yeah. points in now is is big. Asking all the big questions on Twitter today because um, York Valkyrie, which I still can't spell, have uh, announced their squad numbers. They've got three lives in the squad. So I asked, has there, is there any other team that's got more of the same first name player? Uh, Wigan's academy team has got five Emmas, says Rachel. So, so excellent. Rachel, Thank Wigan, you, Rachel. Wigan winning things. Ian Lennigan, he, he thinks Lee shouldn't be paying players. People really think that players are getting paid loads of money, don't they? And even though I keep asking these players just to confirm it, so, get them you're not getting paid loads of money, eh? No. They're getting paid to cover their... Ex- well, in fact, they're going to, they're, they get paid nothing if they lose. <laughs> it's performance-related <laughs> bonuses. Um, Where do people think... I, 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 the I money isn't there, but no. it's a gesture in the right direction and it, and it shows that a club is being progressive in how they view the women's game. So Leeds, York, Wigan... Deserve a huge amount of credit. You know, if Ian Lanigan objects to it, why is he one of the clubs that's paying expenses? Are they paying? Are they, yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't read the story properly, did I? Yeah, so. I so, well, but, I don't know if it said it in the story, but but oh, they are. But but you could easily make the argument that because this is the the strange way that sport is. Well, there'd be plenty of people in men's game who don't deserve what they get paid. <laughs> Performance related, as, as we said post World <laughs> Cup. That uh, paying the women in itself is not going to bridge the gap between 
the NRLW and Super League women. But it might attract some more people to want to play the game. And you've got to make sure, again, that it, that it isn't huge transfer. I think, you know, we, we interviewed Amy Staveley uh, last week. And again, another big transfer in terms of an international change in clubs, the same way that Amy Hardcastle did, which, you know, whatever the headlines might say about transferred, it wasn't. It was the player themselves ringing up and arranging their own move. Um, It's nothing to do with money. (laughs) So, no one's getting rich. Not yet. As I I said last night, on the TV games, the people on the panel will get paid more than the players. I'm pretty Mm. sure of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure of that. Absolutely. Uh, Paddy says, do you think anyone stops Fev this season? Well, Bradford, obviously, tonight. I mean, obviously, the, the Bulls after that big one against Toulouse. Fev's a really interesting story because I think until probably Lee Radford's sacking by mutual consent, um, <laughs> which I still haven't worked <laughs> out Not on the telly. Um, the big story that got missed by a lot of people were the comments of Mark Campbell at Featherstone. Don't go on Facebook. Where he's already saying... Um, I need more support from the fans and they shouldn't go drinking in the railway pub. They should be coming to the ground and supporting what we do. That, to me, again, without the benefit of knowing all of the details, is already an indication that Featherstone are in that position where it's... What's another word for shit? (laughs) It's shit or bust, isn't it, this year? Um, And the thing is that you cannot come out after three games where you've employed... A big coaching team in terms of you've not only got Sean Long, you've got Leon Price, you've now brought in Martin Gleeson. There's, there's a huge cost to that. You're playing a brilliantly attractive rugby. You're scoring a lot of points, which is exactly what you would expect from a Sean Long coach team. You're blowing teams away in the early part of the season. And then the guy who's putting in all the money says, I can't really keep afford to do this. Um, so I think we, you know, we've got, we got, we got to watch what's happening behind the scenes at Featherstone more than what's happening on the field. They may not be stopped. I think, I think they won't go through the season unbeaten. But um, my, my bigger concern, if I was a Featherstone fan, would be those comments from their chairman aimed at them saying they have to support them more. Don't post on social media, even if you're on Facebook and it's a closed group or whatever, because it'll get out. But I, that would be a concern if I was a Featherstone fan, more than the way the team's playing at the moment. Well, it's been a great weekend in the uh, WF postcode area. Well, Dewsbury won. About the early one, but they didn't. Uh, but Castleford were nil by Wigan, 36 uh, nil. Again, Liam Marshall so- with three, nearly four tries for Liam Marshall. But, but for a referee. The They're so- trying to sign Tom Grant this morning, <laughs> but the, the RFL refused Castle- that approach. Castleford's best defender, Tom yeah. Grant. Um, again, Castleford's falling away in the second half would have been the issue. Was it 4-0 at half-time? 6-0 it says here, so it's close enough. Um, so again, to concede 30 unanswered points in 40 minutes at home, hints of what the issues might be at Castleford. But Wigan needed to hit back. Yeah. Um, after their shock first round defeat at Hull KR, and I say shock with the greatest respect to Hull KR because everybody was talking up, you know, we're going to play yeah. with that burning desire to right the wrong of getting knocked out in the playoffs last year, and hasn't been too much change in the squad. The big, the key men are still there, even though they've lost John Bateman and Matty Peets a year more experience as a coach, and they didn't play well at Hull KR as as well as Rovers did play, um, but then they they come back and and put sixty on Wakefield and. 36 on Cass and concede one try. Uh, no, 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 tries. no tries in both of those games. Points. Yeah, you no can't, you can't, you can't ask for more, much more than that. Uh, it'd be interesting because they play Catalan this week, which again, um, I, th- I don't think they will be 
facing a full-strength Dragons team, but a Dragons team that are absolutely full of confidence, top of the league. So that'll be a better test of where, where Wigan are at the moment. Um, but, oh, yeah, Liam Marshall on fire. Another England candidate, yeah. I'd say, for April. So, um, Lee, Lee Radford, then, now we're talking about Castleford. This can't just be results, because we're three no. games into the season, and, no. and teams can start badly. It just happens. And the, and the way the fixtures Well, they fell, did last year. The way the fixtures fell, they go to Hull. Right, this, this is just on paper before anything's played. So, they go to Hull, toss of a coin. I think I tipped Castleford, Hull one. Right. St. Helens at home. Forget the fact they've come back from Australia. You still go with St. Helens. They're the champions. You're going to tip Saints in every game they play, pretty much, because they should win every game on, on paper. It's not played on paper. Wigan... Yeah, Wigan. They're, they're better than Cass, so Wigan are going to win. So it's nothing to do with results. No, no. Um, performance, I don't know, because I've not seen the game on, on Friday, although judging by some tweets, it sounds like as soon as Wigan scored, that was it. Cass just collapsed. Collapsed, a bit like Man United on Sunday. Can't mention that enough. To no. I, I, was, I was sat in the studio and I was like, what is going on here? I was annoyed because I backed both teams to score. Um, but... This has got to come down to the Joe Westerman thing, hasn't it? I think that's indicative of something. Yeah, I don't think it's just the Westerman thing. I think the Westerman thing is an indication that... I think there are parallels between what Cass might go through this year and what Warrington did last year. If you know that the 14 of your players are off contracts at the end of the season, it's very hard to get a cohesive group together all pushing in the right direction. And Daryl Powell found that. He needed to get rid of some players earlier because he felt they were a negative influence. He also knew that he wasn't going to be able to do a hell of a lot with some of the players that he knew he was going to release and they knew they were signing for other clubs. It was a, it, Kyle Amor said it, didn't he, when he was on one of his very many media appearances, <laughs> that the atmosphere when he Didn't joined on yeah. was a little bit toxic. Yeah. Uh, I think the same is true at Cass. And whilst, whilst that may or may not come under uh, Lee Radford's control because he's involved in, in, in that situation, it might be the board deciding who they do want, who they don't want, who they're bringing in, who they're not bringing in, what... Um, what options their coach is going to have or whether they're going to tell them what they're going to have. All of that has clearly been going on throughout the off-season um, and it's manifested itself in their first three performances, the Westerman issue and the fact that Radford's not there. I, I think the spotlight falls on the board for me. Regardless of the, the second part of the Westerman issue, the first part is that he was out drinking for... That's the first hours. thing. That's, and that's the main That's, that's, the, the, main that's thing. the culture thing, isn't it? That's the main it? thing. The, the culture at a club. I, I think he played the first game after that. Well, you're, I, think, I think you're right to point out that there are two issues here. One is, what is any player doing out a week <laughs> before the season? So, you know, you've worked seven, eight weeks in pre-season to get yourself to peak condition. Every club does that. You've done all the hard S&C stuff. But a week before you're going to go out, you're on a bender in Castleford. It's like, mm, probably doesn't say too much about you. Then you almost try and sweep it under the well, carpet. And, um, and then you pick him the first week. He His stats would indicate he was one of their best players in that first, but he's dropped the second week. There's something out of kilter there. I, I think... And this is this is going to be one of those bizarre theories that I come up with, but it's still this is where my brain was going this morning. I think the as Brian Carney described us at the Super League launch, the Rugby League Fourth Estate led Lee Ranford down a garden path in that press conference. Now we were told before, you know, the club's made a statement, blah blah. But you know, because that's what journalists do, they ask questions about Joe Westerman. 
and he didn't play a straight bat. No. Just, you know, in, in the way that when um, I was in the presser when Chris Chester was asked about Izzy Fallow, who was going to come over, and then the game got cancelled anyway. Um, and he just said, you know, I'm not going to say anything. And eventually he did say something, but he didn't say anything at the same time. As soon as Lee Radford started talking about Joe Westerman, the, the floodgates were open, and and, yeah. and, and people and, and everyone in the in on the Zoom call knew knows what Lee Radford's like and the way he speaks and the way he is. So they knew that if they asked the right questions, they would get the right response for them. And if you ask about something and, and his response is, he's mental. Yeah, I think Lee misread the room and given his time again, was trying to be Lee. And, and yeah, all, yeah, yeah. But there are some issues where you can't make a flippant remark. And what we, you know, we shouldn't forget, and I think we mentioned that you can't forget, is that there are victims in this. And the club has a duty of responsibility to the people that are affected by it, uh, particularly with the way they make their comments. And, and the next day to say, oh, there's been a discipline here and we've looked at it and we find them a huge amount that we're not going to tell you what it is and uh, it's alcohol-related and, and so we're going to look at that as well. It's like, that's not enough. You haven't dealt with it. You haven't paid due respect to the people that are going to get hurt by all of this. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there is... It's, it's hard to say because... We're looking at it from the outside in rather than the yeah. inside out. But there seems to be nobody taking a leadership role at Castleford outside of the playing area. So, well, what direction is this club going in? Um, I, I don't know about you, but Wakefield are having something built. There is an edifice there that says, we've said a lot that we're going to do something. We're now doing something. You can... Castleford, you can have as many planning permissions as you like. Have you got the finance because we've seen three or four different schemes and none of them are nearer to actually coming to fruition today than they were when they, they're, they're on a drawing board, which is great, but they're on a drawing board. Even if, I, if you take Wakefield on the pitch this season... Obviously well, don't have, mention the Wakefield pitch. No, no on, on the field, <laughs> on the court. Uh, even though they haven't won a game this season so far and haven't scored in the last two games, which is extremely con- uh, concerning. We'll come to them on the pitch in a moment in that sense. But... You could see from when Mark Applegauss appointed, from the signings made, from the players being brought up from the academy, whatever, you can, you can have an assumption from the outside of where Wakefield are going this year and how, how they're, they're cutting their clock. So you, you have that in your mind. You could be completely wrong. We, but the way things are going so far, you might be right. But at least you have an idea of where things are going. And John Minards, Minards is the sort of chairman now who is telling the fans now they might not like everything they hear but he is saying you know we want to be a grade a license well part of that is you are now putting in place some facilities that a grade a i don't think there will be a grade a club would need so you can see that direction of travel i've not heard a statement from from someone at cas to say this is what we're doing this is how we're going about it this is what we're building this is why we're a better club now than we were last year. Um, I, I would, if if I was a Cast fan at the moment, I would just have a concern about the way it's looking from the outside. Wakefield might have been lucky and unlucky at the same time in, in terms of timing in knocking down the stand and building the new one and the other groundworks going on. In so much as that, from what I understand, the plans were more detail, not details, the wrong word, but would have had more features. But because of the global economic situation, and we can't get any tomatoes, then it's not going to be 
as lavish. There's not going to be as bells and whistles as they would have wanted. But it's still going to be better. Well, they are investing two million quid of council money. It will be a better facility because of that. It's the Leeds Bradford Airport. Exactly. So, um, whereas casts seem a bit directionless at the moment, and we're still going to a ground that is not fit for purpose. Actually, when Wakefield's fit for purpose, it's going to be amazing. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Until I'm sat in it, I've said this all along. But you can see it. It's happening. (laughs) If I remember Halifax. I'm I'm joking. Has that end been done yet? I think it has. I think it was still for the World Cup, wasn't it? All those years ago. Remember the World Cup? Not only this one, the last one. Free, free, moi, moi, and all that. Um, have we talked about the game? Oh, we haven't talked about Wakefield. Um, lost eight nil to Huddersfield. Oh, we're still about the game now. The concern oh. would be that they haven't scored, but the bigger concern, I think, is that they're picking up injuries. And I, and I, I believe we said in our season previews that whilst no club has the same sort of squad depth that maybe St Helens do, and poss- poss- no, maybe just St Helens. Um, there are certain clubs that you know if you've got two or three key injuries, it would hit them really badly. And I think Wakefield are, are now up to four. If, if and, and the, the Resi's got hammered by Huddersfield as well. so th- And that would be the concern going into the next few weeks. It, it's not, you know, the, the, the inexperience of their coach, although they do have James Ford there also on the coach staff. It's just if you don't have the cattle out on the field, um, you can't expect the results. Going to be world champions on Friday, because going to be at Leeds. Yeah, that's so, true. That's the way it works. Winner stays on. Yeah, well, I'm going to keep an eye on that throughout the season. Leeds have currently got three of them. PDRL. Who, uh, who played Colostomy UK yeah. on yesterday. And, uh, I, I, you know, without in any way joking about this, that is one of the most uplifting parts of our sport at the moment, that you can see a, a Colostomy UK team playing a PDRL team in a meaningful game at... Hunslet before they played their League One match, and everybody gets so much out of that. I, I think that's that, that was one of the heartening results of the weekend, which I don't know if anybody picked up on. But Leeds PDRL, you know, uh, current grand final champions, beat Colostomy UK up the perps. I'm intrigued by um, the the kind of trickle of information of the launch of the wheelchair fixtures last week. It's tri- trickle, probably not the word drip. Drip out of a tap, one drip out of a tap, which you might have missed. Um, I only saw the fact the fixtures were out when I saw Leeds tweets. Um, uh, but that there's going to be some kind of um, magic stroke inclusion stroke wheelchair PDRL yeah. LDRL all combined. Yeah, I, going on, I don't know how they are. But I don't know how that's going to work because clearly PDRL and LDRL can't play indoors because uh, they play degrees of contact. Uh, but yes, there's going to be four magic weekends, one of which will be in Newcastle at the same time as uh, the, the men's running magic weekend. And at those festivals, uh, one in Birmingham, one in Medway, um, one, in, one in London and one in Newcastle, there are going to be elements of PDRL and LDRL. So, you know, fantastic, fantastic. I'm still trying to come up with that idea of how we can have a... An all-star game at the end of the season involving every single facet of rugby league. I'm not sure how it works yet. Well, Jamie Shaw's testimonial was full of wheelchair internationals and running players playing a wheelchair game, which could be the way ahead. I watched the uh, Tom Halliwell try a couple of times last week um, because it came up on the side of the BBC website because it's just there constantly. I forgot to ask Rob Hawkins, what was he thinking when when he passed the ball? 
he passes it and then oh, what a, what a what a moment! It, it was great. The, the awards were great. Deserved more publicity. Yeah, I'm not the. Um, I don't buy into the inspiration stuff, as we know, on this program. I, I'm very much. We wouldn't talk about something if it was crap, because mm. there's no point. Um, and and it, it's all about the sport itself, which is why we end up asking Seb Bashar. So, so can you put your golden boot on? Can you wear it? But that's only because someone asked at the table and said it was the wrong boot, but probably you can fit it on. But it's heavy. Um, and if he's not doing the entertainment, by the way, the Grand Final or the Challenge Cup Final, we should get Ken Bruce. Because everyone loves Ken Bruce. Yeah. We'll find a few quid for Ken all, Bruce. All we need is um, an quiz. interactive yeah. way of doing, doing Potmaster. Pa- Potmaster at Old Trafford yeah. and we've cracked it. There you go. Everyone loves Ken Bruce. I've never, I've never listened to it. I have listened to Potmaster, but not the rest of the programme. Uh, it's a regular two music, isn't it? Yeah, but that's my age, isn't it? <laughs> no, not anymore. I'm, I'm radio two age now. No, I've got to Oh, I'm, I've moved on to greatest hits then. <laughs> Boom radio. That's, that's where you are, Phil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get Ken Bruton and Seb Bashara and everyone. Um, but yeah, the Woodshow ones are great. Um, it was great that the sponsors were there and they yes. did some stuff because I saw it on their uh, on their various outlets. Um, but yeah, it was what it was. I, f- I felt really guilty for not interviewing Rob Hawkins because he won the play of the year and I was like I said to him afterwards I spoke to you two weeks ago and I've got nothing new to ask you well the season hasn't started yet <laughs> so I would speak to you and, and, and now I'm, in hindsight I'm thinking you know I, sh- I should have just but it wouldn't have just have been I don't know what it, it, it's but but it was uh, you know a great night was had by all I think and it's always good to fight World Cup winners yeah the World Cup was there um, and the fixtures are now out, yeah. so we've got much, much more of an idea of what's happening when. There's, I think, some some meetings planned over the next few weeks about how we capitalise on what we've got. I think there are some broadcasting outlets interested in doing a little bit more. There's some documentaries being made, apparently. Um, don't know when they're due to come out, but that's great as well. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's 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 the low hanging fruit of the sport at the moment. I still need to work on the one I was going to do, but I never got around to doing it. But never mind, I will. I will, I will get that done because it, it doesn't. It's not time specific. With everything on this channel, you just do it whenever we want. Uh, special program on Wednesday, by the way, for International Women's Day. Who could be our guest? I don't know. Find out on Wednesday. Probably record it. Um, in the championship, Barrow and Newcastle drew eighteen all. First point of the season for Barrow. Um, Halifax beat Batley. Coming in from the behind in that one, yeah, twenty Which points. Which again, Batley got off, have got off to an uncharacteristic start to the season over their previous two campaigns, and uh, we'll be looking to to pick up some points quite quickly. I think Craig Lingard uh, knows exactly what he's dealing with in the fact that he lost a couple of his best players over the close season, but his side haven't knitted together the way he would want them to over the first four rounds just quite yet. I mean, topsy turvy week. Halifax losing at Witness mm. and then uh, beating Batley, and Witness getting absolutely battered at, mm. at, at Sheffield. I mean, I say that at least the same, almost the same score they beat Halifax by. So I should say Halifax got battered by Witness as well. But I think um, Sheffield have been the surprise so far. I think we expected Bradford to be having a better year this year than they did last year, um, but but Sheffield have, have, I think, put some cards on the table of if we are going down the road of grading and and we can see where where there's a pathway for us to be a a club again nearer the Super League than not we'll do some things off the field but we'll also recruit so that we are competitive on the field and uh, I think they've started the season really well haven't they 
Uh, London, I thought, were going to win at Keighley. Mm. Suddenly at half-time. There's been a few of these uh, teams leading at half-time but not winning, and, and London, another one of those, but came Keith, through the great second half. Keighley have started their um, championship life in good form. So, um, well done to them. Swinton had started well, but a bit of a setback against York this yeah, week. Yeah, a great performance from uh, Andrew Henderson's men. 14-0 away from home. Who do you think they are? Uh, Wigan or and uh, Toulouse beat Whitehaven 72-10. Which again, on the back of being beaten by Bradford the week before, is, is exactly the kind of result that Toulouse needed. But they, they are going to be virtually invincible at home, I think. Part-time teams travelling uh, to France at short notice on scheduled flights. It's never going to work. I assume the Whitehaven people enjoyed their trip. Not the result, but you know, just enjoyed their, their time in France. It's very hard not to enjoy yourself when you go to the south of France. The 80 minutes you go for is the least important thing <laughs> while you're over there, which is exactly what a rugby league experience should be. In, in the excitement of League One, which is now two weeks old, Jewsby beat Midlands 50 points to 10. Uh, Hunslet beating North Wales 22-8. Good oh, result for yeah. Hunslet. Really good result. North Wales, 0 from 2 now, which they'd be one of the sides you'd expect would be mm. perhaps challenging this year. Oldham beat the Scholars 62-18. And uh, Doncaster won at Rochdale, 20 points to 10. Good Again, another for good Doncaster. result for, for Doncaster. They beat Hunslet in week one and Rochdale now in week two. That That's two of the teams that they know that are going to be challenging for playoffs um, if they don't make automatic. So uh, that's a statement of intent from Carl Hall's men. I, I suspect that's because he's now a columnist in a cancer <laughs> magazine. Have, uh, have York women signed any more players while we've been on? I don't think so. Not if they've announced their squad numbers. I, uh, I doubt whether they would. Um, Leeds haven't signed in on Saints haven't signed in yet. Worry about Saints this year. Worry about Saints. I don't know. He I says think. just predicting random things. I don't know when the when's the season launch for the women. Do you know? I don't know. Not fun. Must must be soon. Challenge Cup soon, isn't it? The group. Is, is, that comes after the first. No, it comes after the yeah. first round again. Yeah. I was trying to work. I'm trying to work out when it's going. To, when they're going to launch. Well, the first the round of games is actually one game. It's that is ahead of the yeah. first round of games. Yeah. Because I, I need to put that in my diary. That's so Easter, sure. isn't it? I go. Yes. Yeah. Double header it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Might, might go after the women's game. I don't see Leeds first. Rivals. Rivals round. That great. Leeds and Huddersfield, they hate each other. Well, I think that they were rivals in, um, was it, they played each other in the Championship <laughs> final in the 1910s a couple of times. When, uh, what's his name? We'll, we'll Wagstaff and all them. Yeah, yeah, when... Um, <laughs> when Huddersfield were good. Yeah. <laughs> now they're good again now. So, right, there's no one Huddersfield fans there watching, I don't think. Um, tonight, it's Fed versus Bradford, we mentioned that earlier. Be an interesting game, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see how far Bradford... Peter Fox Darby? Yeah. That was it. I was going to, um, when I was speaking to our mystery guest on Wednesday, I was going to describe Lindsay Anfield as almost a Peter Fox style players coach because it does seem that players gravitate towards. Mm. I was going, to, I was going to ask it in a in a sense by not saying a bit, bit of a cult mentality, but I, you know, but I'm trying to work out a different way. Clearly, there is much. there is immense loyalty from her players to her, and um, I think again, you know, we now look back at the migration of Castleford players to, to York, that was predominantly around they wanted to play for Lindsay. So. Thursday, Wigan Catalans. Be a good game. Be a really good game. We'll we'll know a little bit more about Catalan. Um, interesting that Artem Augers nailed down the fullback spot in the early part of the season, even shifting mm. Sam Sam Tompkins to six. That'll be interesting. 
Um, Friday, Huddersfield Castleford's the TV game. Well, haven't they got the story they wanted now? Yeah. So, um, I can't see that necessarily <laughs> being the most entertaining match that we're going to get this weekend. But, um, Hulk and that, that, that'll be good. That'll well, be again, Hulk have, have to hit back. back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Warrington each week will now reach a point where is this the real deal? So, if they can win at Hull KR, then not only have they gone one better than they did last season, but I think that that's a bit of a marker game for it. Leeds Wakefield, which I don't know if I want to go to or not. I am really torn on this. It's funny, this time last year, played in round yeah. four, neither team had won a game. Oh, it was terrible, wasn't it? It was in the most oh. awful game, and Leeds scraped a fortune of yeah. victory. It was a dreadful game, that one, I remember. It wasn't good. I asked Lee Poaching afterwards about the fact that he played in some terrible Wakefield teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I still don't know if I'm going to go to that or not when do I have to tell Leeds if I, if I want to come I don't know probably Thursday yeah. uh, and Lee St Helens with Tapau not Marty Tapau they've got the wrong one they've got uh, Carol Decker and the other people I, you know like the four tops where there's just one four top left and the others are just some random guitarist or something I don't know they're in all their hit, uh, hits oh they, they, they did two hits sorry sorry didn't Carol Decker she's from Bradford is she hmm did she do the pre-match at the World Cup or something in 92 or 95? Someone someone will remember. I, this is just coming to my mind, so... You might be in the I'm show sure, he's Captain Shirey. Sure, oh, that Decker. I'm sure she might have done a, a, an evening at, at Bullmania. It's odd so. Heart and soul. Trying to run her hands and then, then nothing. Saturday, it's Hull versus Salford. Uh, and the Challenge Cup. Well, Which, that'll be an interesting yeah. game, Hull and Salford. Because, again, Hull will want to prove that their difficult trip to Catalan was nothing other than that. But um, Salford now have a, a wound to lick as well. So, But I, I suspect that Salford will try and play their usual expansive, effusive brand of rugby and blow Hull away. Because Hull will want to keep it a little bit more up, up the middle. Um, so that'll be an interesting contrast of styles. Saturday in the Challenge Cup, Lee Miners Rangers versus Rochdale Mayfield, London Broncos Whitehaven, Oral St James versus Midlands, Siddle Sheffield Eagles, Stanley Lee Newcastle, uh, Westgate Common versus Unslet Amateurs. Unslet, one of those teams the, in Unslet needs a name. The, at the ARL rather than the ARL. Another word. Yeah. I know Unslet don't like being Hawks anymore, so Unslet ARL need a word. West Warriors versus Witness Vikings. At Widner's, which, which I can understand. Them yeah, them but it's a shame because I think um, it could have been a double header somewhere down in the south. Barrow Swinton on Sunday, Batley Wath Brow, Bradford York Acorn, Jewsbury Rams versus Rochdale Hornets, Doncaster Workington, it's fun, Fed versus Halifax on, on the Sportsman, and I can't blame them for picking that one because no, that's the that's first game I'd have picked. Uh, can I ask a question going back around yeah. in the oh, Challenge yeah. Cup? Challenge Cup, yeah. Much was made. Of Rochdale Mayfield against Cornwall. Which we predicted they'd win. I'm sure we did. Or, uh, and would... positives from that game, a thousand people turned yeah. on. Negative, that is an appalling result for Cornwall. And then they got battered by... Or did they get battered? Oh, they got, it was the week before they lost the Midlands, wasn't it? When you think that that is a semi-professional outfit playing a community-based team who aren't in the very top tier who had a 10-hour round-trip bus journey to get there, and Cornwall couldn't produce a victory. You, you have to ask the question, what do we want from our expansion anymore? And, and are Cornwall 
going to go the way of so many other teams that just get plonked in a place and left where there is no infrastructure around it to call on players um, again an inexperienced coach because uh, Neil Kelly uh, decided he, he, he was moving on at the end of last season what do we want from Cornwall and what are we giving them to to enable us to get what we want from Cornwall because a result like that which was brushed over I mean I know the the BBC covered it on the, the the red button, and I think Dave Woods a couple of times sneaked in as Rochdale rather than Rochdale Mayfield, <laughs> um, which which you would. Um, but again, I don't think enough has been made of. If IMG is serious about what the sport's going to look like, if grading's going to come in, if we want to still expand the sport after 140 years of not doing it particularly well, what's going to be different? And if we do have Cornwall, and they do offer a thousand fans, and they have got uh, access to sponsors and you know, they did a deal the other day with a, an airline didn't they there aren't going to be too many other clubs that are going to be doing de- deals with airlines I remember airlines. the last team that did an airline deal where, where, what, what? whatever happened to them yeah. Air Transat um, what do we want because as a result isolated that should have been a Cornwall victory it should have been a stepping stone to being in the next round of the cup um, it should have been the ability perhaps to get to a uh, maybe the third round of the cup where they start getting a payday. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that was a that that was a really bad result for for Cornwall. Not that we can. It was a team we want to see yeah. succeed. Not that we can compare the integration of Redcliffe into the NRL with Cornwall into the prim- pyramid. But, but even Redcliffe have got <laughs> seventy five years behind them, and Wayne Bennett, and thirty seven thousand people turned up. I oh. knew a year before who they were playing and when they were coming in. I think there's enough people in Brisbane who hate. Brisbane Broncos yes. to, to support another team it's, it's, great. it's not like Spinfield Borough no um, Hunslet versus Keithley that's actual Hunslet not amateur Hunslet um, didn't they play each other last week or the week before probably there's, there's a lot of same league games in this draw which made it a bit oh no we should just get a withdraw and it's, this is not a rugby league thing it's, it's a general sport thing but just do the draw I don't hear from hundred people I don't care, just do the draw. Satterwaith versus North Wales, losers aren't allowed to be called Crusaders anymore. <laughs> and uh, York Knights versus West Bowling, um, that is the Challenge Cup this week. Oh, Addison's on from uh, Ontario. Up the Giants, hashtag bring back the pack. Where are they? I thought they were coming back. Well, no, no, this is not a criticism. No, 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 no. What is happening in rugby league in Canada? The women were in, win the World Cup, I saw them. Uh, Played Brazil in the greatest game we've ever seen. Uh, I don't know. Take a while to get over that one. We're never going to get over that one. Never, never, never. Maria Graf playing in Australia. In Australia, yeah. Trying to get some funding. Um, wait for all the English players to be announced to be playing to the NRLW, whatever that is. It's a bit exciting. Um, whoever, whomever goes over there. Um, There'll be a couple at least. Well, Rebecca Wilson's gone, hasn't she, yeah, from Wigan. Wigan. But she's not gone to an NRLW club. She's gone to, is it, George, George Logan's? George Wilson. What did I say? Rebecca. It's, it's well, I'm sure probably got a lot of Rebecca. She's got a sister called Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Georgia. It's um, it, it's one for the the players who don't have any ties here who can absolutely. go off and bother off for a couple. Of months There's absolutely no doubt that if Georgia comes back in two years, she will sign for a top level women's super league club. So oh. get enjoy the experience. It's all very exciting. And then uh, 
Got to make the Australians good at wheelchair rugby league, and then we can sell that as a. Well, I, mean. I, I think we'd like them to be because if we can get a, an Ashes series of, of meaning, uh, I think you know. Jack Not that Brown, we'd ever tire of beating the French. No. Obviously, you know, I think Jack, Jack Brown's going to have a say in that as well. Be, being based over there and coaching the the Queensland team, I think. Uh, Hopefully he'll never turn out in a green and gold shirt, but However, he is going to improve the standard of, of wheelchair rugby league over there, that is for sure. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. <coughs> the first three weeks of the men's Super League have been exciting. Everything's exciting. Everything's building up. Like the World Cup, we had the first few weeks of the men's and then the wheelchair and the women's came in and it was like the greatest thing we'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. The walk front cover of 4020 magazine currently with a woman and a man and a man sat in a chair. It'll never and catch a, up. And a trophy. It's all... It's all very exciting. It's all very positivity. Well, we just need it back. We need it backed up with some governance action (laughs) on where the sport is going and how it puts itself in a position when it comes to the next round of TV negotiations to get an improved deal rather than a decreased deal. At the moment, we need to see more. Because if I was a broker, I'd just go, well, unless you're changing, you're getting the same. You're not, you know. We might buy into your give us three years but we're, yeah, we're not talking about a significant new level of investment Is, have we missed anything I don't think we've missed anything have we we mentioned Sean Wayne there's nothing really much to say about him oh there's a story about the John Davidson story with Ian Lennigan's in here about the uh, criticised leads for paying their players yeah they're not, they're not paying well, well they are but not rewarding covering their expenses 40 quid <laughs> if that yeah <laughs> give us your petrol bill <laughs> It's uh, it's ridiculous. Right, oh, there's a headline about Lee Radford. <laughs> Radford, Tigers must stay in tough contests. Well, you put him. Can't about that anymore. Ah, oh, I've just attacked a player as if it was Conrad Harrell. <laughs> What's happening in Canadian rugby league? Says Addison. Not a whole lot at the moment. Something. NARL no start date in sight. The offer of franchise has already folded. I haven't got a clue. No, we don't. I don't, Addison. Oh, we'll try and find some answers, but. They're very. I wish they'd just make their mind up in America who they're going to just stop inventing new it's, bloody competitions and play some games. It's happening. It's happening slowly but surely. Oh. A new constitution has been written and will be signed up to. But that's the USARL. Canada, I think, you know, we need to know that hopefully by the end of this year there might be an America's Championship. And you need to know that Canada are going to be strong. The USA are going to be strong. Brazil, we know, are at the beginning of their men's journey, but. They're going to be relatively stronger, and Jamaica need to back up, having been in one World Cup, getting to towards qualifying for another one. So that region of the the world could be our Pacific, uh, as you mentioned earlier. That you know the NRL has made sure that the Pacific is rugby league territory. Well, we need to work harder to make sure that North America is is more league than union I mean the one I mean we talk about international governments of rugby league and this and that and the other but at least we didn't draw the World Cup three years before it happened so you know we, we have that uh, as our uh, saving don't race. think we've had anybody sent to jail who was organising <laughs> the, uh, well, some people who should be sent to jail <laughs> um, I mean good luck to Lee Radford taking a job with the Samoan Rugby Union or whatever because I'm, I'm sure they must be in the World Cup they must be in their World Cup I'm not paying no attention to it it just happened but uh, good luck good luck to all those people who've been sacked and uh, I don't know, I, we'll probably be back next week because we may as well do We're having fun, aren't we? Yeah. Got nothing else better to do on a Monday afternoon, come to Leeds. Unless it snows. Um, so enjoy the week in Rugby League. Wednesday, special edition of the podcast up. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. There's, there's, some, uh, there's some newsworthy stuff in there. Well, 
I think there's a little bit of news on yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. And, and just a general chat with someone nice, so that's good. And, uh, yeah, thanks for commenting if you were watching us live. And if you haven't, well, fair enough. You know, you've got other things to do in your life. Let me press end stream and then it will be over. Sports Social Podcast Network.